Hey everybody, Pastor Brendan here, and I want to talk to you just for a few moments about something very special we're doing this month at Toronto City Church. Now, obviously, I know today is Legacy Offering. We've been talking all for the last five, six weeks about legacy, about building, about being builders, and I'm, I'm excited and I'm thankful for all the ways that people are going to give and so as God leads them into that. But this month, we're, we're going to be segueing, we're going to continue to talk about building, but it's going to be in a little bit of a different way. Because we're going to be talking about building through serving in church, building in volunteering. And so this month, one of our major themes is going to be join the team. Join the team, get plugged in, get involved, serve here in Toronto City Church. Uh, just a couple verses I want to share with you for a moment about serving. First and foremost, uh, 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says, Each one of us should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Then in Hebrews 6 verse 10, it says this, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you've shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. And so there's a huge part of church life and being part of uh, you know, part of a church family, part of a church community is where we take the gifts and we take the abilities and we take the things that God has given to us and we use them to serve and to help others. You know, there's a great quote that I heard years ago that's always stuck with me and it says, great churches are not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. And so there's something very powerful in a church family and church community where we come together, every one of us, and we take, again, the resources, but also the time, the abilities, the things that God has given to us, and we sacrifice, and we serve, and we get involved in helping to build what God is doing. You know, we talked about this past month, we're going to build through our giving, but we're also going to build through our serving. And so that's really the heart of what we're going to be uh, focusing on in many ways. And there's going to be some real practical things that you can connect with or get involved to be part of this. Now, first of all, let me say right off the top, we are so thankful for every person in TCC who serves already. I mean, everything you're experiencing, even this morning, everything you experience as part of Toronto City Church, the vast majority of it happens because somebody decided to serve. Somebody decided to volunteer. Somebody decided to be involved. So for all of you who are, thank you so much. This month we're doing some things to, to, to honor you and to say thank you, but we also want to give opportunity for everyone else to join the team and to get involved. And so practically how this is going to work is uh, starting next week for, for the rest of June, each week, we're going to highlight a different area that you can serve and you can be involved. And then as you finish service, there's going to be uh, tables and connect areas out in the lobby where you can learn more about different ministries. You can ask questions. You can find out more of what it looks like to be involved in, and you can sign up to serve. And then we're going to take time to do some training over the summer and, and get you plugged in and get you involved. But again, there's going to be awesome opportunities. We're, we're excited for this month, but, but I just want to say in advance, thank you everyone. Uh, just as God stirs in your heart, we, we want you to be involved. There's a place for you. We need you. We need you to be part of what God is building here. Uh, when when everyone plugs in and everybody serves, there's not too you know there's not too much pressure on any one individual or any one team, because the load is spread throughout all the people who give and serve. So that's really the heart of this month. Uh, 
you know, stay tuned each week. We're going to have special focuses on this. But even this week, uh, if you have initial questions, let us know. Uh, be praying and just be seeking out, especially those of you maybe are newer to Toronto State Church or just come out of different seasons where you haven't been volunteering and serving. Be praying and asking God, where can I serve? Where can I be involved? How can I get plugged in? And, uh, and and just be praying, be open. Again, initial questions, we'd be glad to answer them. And then just stay tuned because starting next week, we're gonna have those tables set up. You can uh, learn more, you can plug in, and, and, and we're just excited. We're excited to keep building what God's building. We're excited for all the people who are gonna be jumping on board. There's a spot for you. There's a place at the table for you. We need you on the team. So let's have a great month. Uh, let's just, let's be hearing God. Let's be plugging, let's be building and getting ready for what God is gonna do through the rest of this year and as we come into 2023. Somebody say, join the team. It's helpful when I turn my mic on. It does help things. So we're, we're excited for this uh, uh, focus this month. And, you know, many churches, 20 to 25% of the church carries almost everything. And we want to we push back against that. We want to be a church where everyone is serving, everyone's using their giftings and what God's given them to be part of it. So we're going to be talking more about that this month. Also next week, I want to give an extra pop and shout out to baptisms. We've got a bunch of people lined up to get baptized. Yeah, come on, we can thank God for that. And so if you want to get baptized, you can still get involved. It is going to be a great Sunday. So let's talk for a second about legacy. And I just want to give some kind of closing final instructions, final week instructions on that. And then we're going to jump into the Word. And I want to share a little bit of some vision with you guys. Obviously, the last five or six weeks has really been about vision and building and where God is taking us. And uh, so we want to really zero in on that. And I just have something very particular I want to share with you today. I believe God really, almost like an assignment, I feel like the Lord's giving us as a church. So first, uh, legacy, if you, you got your card when you came in, again, we, we handed it out to everybody out of practice practicality's sake. We weren't trying to subliminally suggest that you have to give something in legacy. You know, sometimes people never know, but we want to. But this is a, a, a giving card or a pledge card. So as you guys know, many of you who've been around, we've been talking about this every year at this time, we take up an annual legacy offering. Legacy is about building for the next generation. So it's about, you know, obviously the regular giving goes to cover all our regular bills and everything. And actually, there's been some incredible generosity so far this year. God has really blessed us in some really cool and some incredible ways. But we wanted to make sure that we keep leaning in and we keep building forward. So the targets for this year's legacy offering, I just want to review them. You can find more details about this online. Number one is we're believing for $25,000 to do a whole kind of paint refresh in our whole lobbies right back into our kids' area. We've not done a paint refresh actually since the building's been open 10 years ago. And, and I don't know if some of you noticed, it can be a little rough in certain areas. So we want to, even as we're welcoming people back and kind of getting back up to speed, we wanted to, you know, be good hosts and just on, uh, steward well the facility that God's given us. So there's going to be 25000 towards that. Then there's another 25000 that we're really believing to move into a, a, a fresh rebrand. Uh, outside even bringing vision, visuals, and different things that help people connect with what's happening. A fresh update on our website. And so we really want to, we've got a solid website, but we want to stay cutting edge in this area because we're actually reaching many people online. We're doing obviously online and we're glad to have all the people joining us online. And we want to, you know, just keep leaning in, keep advancing that area. And then just to refresh, we, we need to update some of our volunteer computers. Some of them are about 10 years old or 15, well, 10 years old at least. So any of you know computers, 
that's really ancient. So there's a whole bunch there. And then above and beyond, there's some other projects that we can uh, assign things for. So we've just been asking every member of Toronto State Church just to pray and obey and just to contribute something. Now, you can either give an offering today. Again, we won't be passing the baskets, but you can go to the debit credit terminals. You know the ways we can give online. Or you can make a pledge. And so I know Pastor Sharon and I will be making a pledge that we'll be fulfilling over the next several months. And then that's just some different ways that you can connect and you can engage in this. And what we'd love for you to do with this legacy pledge card is you can fill out, obviously, your name. Either fill out your one-time gift or fill out the details of your pledge. And we'd love for you to write down what you are believing God for as you give. So we always believe in being very intentional in our giving. And just say, okay, as I give, this is what I'm praying for. This is a prayer request. This is what I'm believing God for. And we always want to do, and we want to pray over those. And just have as a church kind of have those things in mind. So if you just keep this during the message, we'll have a moment just to pass it in at the end of service and to pray over it. But that's really the focus. If you have more questions about kind of some of the practical practicalities. How are we doing it? What are we doing? We'll be more than glad to talk to you about it. But we're really excited in the targets kind of throughout the summer, get a lot of these things in place. So in the fall, we can really kind of have this fresh launch of, of Toronto City Church and where God is taking us. So let's, uh, if we can just actually, well, we'll pray over this at the end. So I now want to just shift gears and talk to you about the message that God's given today. I want to just talk to you for one last week about legacy. But before we do that, uh, it, it's, it, it's a packed Sunday. So I, I wanted to make sure we took an extra moment to acknowledge uh, that uh, Pentecost Sunday and just to acknowledge this being a Sunday where, uh, you know, this is the Sunday where the Holy Spirit was poured out. And so what I want to do, uh, I've mentioned last week, Pastor Sharon and I had the opportunity to be in the UK for some meetings the week before in a summit that was organized by Alpha, uh, Alpha Canada and really Alpha International. And we had an opportunity to be at Holy Trinity Brompton, which is just the church that started Alpha. You guys are familiar with Nikki Gumbel and Alpha. But one of the things they said that just stuck out in the back of my mind was, and I really took home, they said, we had a number of years ago, they said we had John Wimber come. And they said he taught us a prayer to pray that totally changed our church. And they said a lot of what we're experiencing even right now was because of this prayer that was prayed. And they said it was the simple prayer, come Holy Spirit. Now, I know some people find that a strange prayer because like, well, I thought God's everywhere. I thought he's already here. But we need to understand the difference between the omnipresence of God, which means that he is everywhere, he's omnipresence, but the manifested presence of God. And the manifested presence of God is when he comes into a time and a space where he is invited, where hearts are hungry for him, or sometimes he just does it out of his own sovereign will and says, I'm, I want to move into this space. So we can recognize that God is always with us, but we can also invite him to come in his power, to come with his love. And so I wanted to do is I just wanted to actually pray that prayer together this morning for a moment. And I wanted us just to be quiet and sit before God. So before I start talking here and you hear the message from me, I thought what better thing to do on Pentecost Sunday. And it's interesting because I saw a pastor post this week and he had this little thing up on you know, his Instagram. And he's, he basically listed all the Sundays between now and the end of the year. And everyone, he said, Pentecost Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. And, and his point was every Sunday should be Pentecost Sunday because we need the Holy Spirit every Sunday. And I love that. So I want to pray, come Holy Spirit, but I want it to be like for now, but also throughout the rest, even like that we'd go to a new level this summer, that we'll go to a new level through the rest of 2022 of just the Holy Spirit's power in our lives, his love in our lives, and his impact on us. So can you guys, can we pray that together? Can you pray that with me? So I just invite you just sometimes, I like to just close my eyes, I kind of push every side, and often we'll just hold out my hands like I'm receiving a gift or receiving something. And so let's just pray it together. Come Holy Spirit. And I want you to just pray it yourself too. Just pray, come Holy Spirit. And let's just wait for a few moments today.
And so, Father, we come today in the name of Jesus on Pentecost Sunday when the Holy Spirit was poured out. And I thank you for a deep work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our church. You know, we talked this year about going deeper. We want to go deeper. We want to go deeper in being filled with the Spirit. We want to go deeper in walking in the Spirit. We want to go deeper in the things of the Spirit. And I thank you for doing this work in us. Holy Spirit, come, not just in this time, in this moment, but even throughout the rest of 2022. Every time we gather, we just want to see more of, of your presence, of your love, of your power touching and impacting us. And we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Never agreed said. Amen. And I want to encourage you, just even as we did that right now, you can do that anytime. Take time daily and just set aside even just a few minutes to just quiet yourself down, to find a quiet space, to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to touch and impact your life. And you know what? He'll do it. And you'll watch it grow and you'll watch it increase. But today I want to take some time to talk to you about, for the last time at least this year, to talk to you about legacy. Everybody say legacy. And so as you know, we've been tracking along here. Maybe some of you, though, this is your first time with us, so you're not hearing the message. You can always go on to YouTube. You can catch up on the messages. Our team is very faithful to post them there. We also have a podcast, so you can have the weekly message delivered, like, straight to your phone or to your, to your device each week. But we've been talking about legacy is something tangible that is built, that is passed from one generation to another. So that's what legacy is. And our core verse we've been looking at has been Matthew 16, 18, which says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so just for a brief recap, over the last number of weeks, we've talked about several different angles of this topic of legacy. We've talked about having a heart to be builders, and that we don't just want to be spectators. We don't just want to come and watch, but we want to engage and we want to build and be part of what God is doing. Pastor Sharon brought a great word about impacting the next generation. And if a legacy is something that's passed from one generation to another, if we're going to be legacy people, we have to think about what are we building and what are we passing to the generation that's coming? What are we preparing? What, what are we building that is going to outlast us, that is going to go into a time and a space that we're not going to go? We also talked about growing as an apostolic center, and I was able to spend a couple weeks talking about what does that mean? What does that look like? What are characteristics of an apostolic center? And then Pastor Kathy Cinematero was here, and she, she talked about, <coughs> excuse me, impacting our community, and that the legacy of what we want to build is not just for us to be inward focused, but to have a heart for the community around us. And so this week, I want to close this series by talking to you about a, um, I'll say it this way, a mission field that I believe God is calling us to put a priority on reaching over this next decade and beyond. So I want to talk to you about a mission field that I believe God is calling us to as a church. I believe God is calling many of us to individually, but I also believe there's a calling to us corporately in this area. And I want to talk to you about this in legacy. So let's go to Mark 16, 14 to 18. And again, this will be a verse you're most of you would be very familiar with, but it says this, reading from the ESV. Afterward, he appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at the table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they'd not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world. Everybody say go. go. 
go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And I want to focus on just this phrase that Jesus said today where he said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all creation. Come on, I just want you to say it with me. Say, go into all the world and say, proclaim the gospel to all creation. Let's start with go into all the world. You know, when we're talking about legacy and we're talking about what kind of church do we want to be, what kind of impact do we want to make as a church, this is what the, is often called the Great Commission. And my heart has just been really stirred, even as we bring this to a close family, that we always have to keep the Great Commission, this mission that Jesus has given us, we have to keep it right in the middle of everything we're doing. Jesus gave us a mission. He gave us this commission. And he commanded us to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. The gospel refers to the good news. That's the good news of what Jesus has done. And so if we're going to talk about legacy, if we're going to talk about building, if we're going to talk about dreaming, what we want to do as a church and who we want to be and the impact we want to make, you know, in next generations and apostolic centers and all these things, we always have to make sure that just woven right into everything we're talking about is this mission or this great commission that Jesus has given us. And just for myself, my heart has been stirred, even over the last weeks in a fresh way, about this call for us to reach our community, to reach and impact our city, to reach and impact our nation, and to reach and impact the nations of the world, as God calls us to and as God gives us grace. But we always want to keep this right at the center because it can drift so easily to the side for every single one of us. We want to be a Great Commission church. We want to be a church that has a heart to reach people with the gospel. If you want to turn with me to Matthew 9, 35 to 38. Again, I'm just laying a little bit of a foundation because I know some of you are sitting there saying, okay, Pastor, but what's this mission field you're talking about? Well, don't worry, we're getting there. We're laying a foundation. Matthew chapter 9, 35 to 38 says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. So several thoughts from this passage. First and foremost, this passage gives us such a window into the heart of Jesus. The heart of compassion he had for people. The desire he had to help people and to reach people. And also the call for prayer and labors. The first thing I want you to focus on is this word compassion. God wants to grow and to increase and to build our compassion. What is compassion? Compassion is a deep love that moves you to action. And if you study the life and ministry of Jesus, he was moved by compassion. Compassion was like an engine that drove him to do what he's doing. And in the same way, God wants to increase our compassion. That's why, again, a lot of times we talk about receiving and walking in the love of God. Even when we talk about mission and we talk about reaching people with the gospel, it needs to start from the place of love. Receiving God's love for us, but then also having that love of God in our heart for the people around us. And so that we would have this heart and we would have this compassion. And I believe even in this coming season, God wants to increase our compassion. He wants to help us to grow in our compassion. 
It's not something that we just have to figure out ourselves. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. One of the things he does is shed the love of God abroad in our hearts. That's God's love for us, but it can't just stop with us. It becomes God's love for other people. Everybody say compassion. So we see compassion. The second thing I want you to see that he said here is he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Family, I want to encourage you today, even around here in our city, the harvest is plentiful. In our nation, the harvest is plentiful. In the nations of the world, the harvest is plentiful. It's interesting, even that we're talking about being Pentecost Sunday, did you know that the feast that was based around this, it actually was not just a Christian holiday, it was not just a random day. It was the start of the feast in the Jewish calendar of the harvest. The Holy Spirit came at the start of the feast of the harvest, and Jesus said he's going to come and empower you to be a witness. There's so much connection between today and the Holy Spirit being poured out and missioned and what God has called us to. But it's interesting because a lot of times, I don't know about you, but sometimes I really struggle to feel like, man, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of people who are open to God. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of people who want to receive the gospel. And you can start to buy into this mindset, but Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. Now, there's always seasons of what God does in people's lives. And not everybody you bump into is going to be open to Jesus in that moment. But I believe God wants us to take a posture of faith that says the harvest is plentiful instead of a posture of doubt that says nobody wants to receive God. But see, the issue was not with the harvest. What did Jesus say the issue was? Somebody talk to me. Somebody say laborers. I know we don't use that word, but somebody say workers. See, the problem was not with the harvest. The problem is with the workers. It's with people being willing to go out and partner with the Holy Spirit in what he's doing. And so we want to have this heart that says, you know what? God is working in people right now. God is working in people around you. God is working in people that he's going. It's not us who do the work. It's God who's working and then we just partner with him. So we have this heart for the harvest. And then the last thing from this passage, but it's interesting, he said, so pray therefore earnestly for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. So what I love about this is this call for prayer. That's why I was so glad. We had such a good time here on Friday night when we had all church prayer. I want to encourage you, first Friday of every month, we are going to be gathering for prayer. This coming Friday in July, we're actually going to do something a little different. We're going to have different shifts and extend it out. We're going to have people praying past midnight. We're going to do a bit of a, wa- a night watch. So there's going to be different shifts. Don't worry, some of you are just like, I don't know if I can pray that late. Well, you can come to one of the earlier shifts. But we're going to keep pressing and leaning in prayer. But one of the keys of prayer is prayer is about the harvest. Prayer is about reaching people. But we can't just pray. Here's the opportunity we have. We have the opportunity to pray, and then we have the opportunity to sign up and be a worker. Come on, somebody say pray. Come on, somebody say work. We don't want to do one or the other. We want to be people who do both. And so that is really the heart of what God's stirring. And we need to make sure we keep this dialed into everything we're doing. But let's rewind a little bit because I was saying to you, there's this mission field that I believe God is giving us a specific assignment to. And it's something, I I really believe, I'm not trying to blow it up bigger. I actually really feel in my heart, this is something the Lord is leading us into, and it's something that he wants to release grace for us as a church. Let's go back and let's talk about the word world. Because he said, go into all the world. Now, when we say world, what do you think of? Somebody can talk to me right now. What's the picture that flashes in your mind? What do you tend to think of? The globe. Right, that's kind of more the common answer. It works for me too. If you talk about the word going to all the world, you see a picture of the globe. 
Now, it's interesting because that's part of this word world, but it's actually a multi-layered word, and I'll explain this to you. The first layer is when he says go into all the world, he literally means the globe. He literally means go into every part of the globe with the gospel. Now, obviously, as a church and ourselves here in Toronto on a Sunday morning, we are not going to be able to get to every part of the world by ourselves, but that's why I'm glad it's not just about us, but we're part of a much larger body of Christ. But the call was to go to every part of the planet, every part of the word with the gospel. But that's not where the word finishes, because it's actually the Greek word from the original language is the word cosmos. So number one, it talks about the world, but number two, that Greek word also means all of the people in the world. So when Jesus was saying go into all the world, number one, he's saying go into every geographical place around the world. But number two, he's saying make every effort to get to every person in the world. Get to every person that you can with this gospel. Get to every single one. And so that's powerful, that's important. It's something we want to keep doing our part in and leaning into. But there's a third layer to this word cosmos. And the third layer to this word cosmos refers to systems of the world. So in other words, you could rightfully say, not only are we supposed to go everywhere geographically as the body of Christ, not only are we going to try to get to every person, but we're also called to go into every system, or if I could say it this way, into every world, within the world. How many know that even in a city like Toronto, there are many different worlds within the city of Toronto? Right? There are many different worlds. For example, my son plays at a very high level of basketball. You probably hear me talk about it from time to time. Right? So he, there's a whole basketball world here in Toronto. I promise you, you get into it, there's people involved, there's different facilities, there's like a whole, you know, kind of social media. There's this whole kind of subculture around basketball and youth basketball in the city. There's also subculture around dance. There's subculture around business. There's the business world. There's the education world. You know, there's the, there's the mom's world with tots and, you know, all that, like everything you think of. There's all these different worlds. And so what Jesus is saying, he's saying, listen, go around the entire globe, get to every person, but get into every system. Get into every system with the gospel. Go into every area. And different ones are going to be called into reaching different areas. So we are called to go throughout the world. We are called to go to the people of the world. And we are called to go into the systems of the world. And so we can rightfully say, go into every world. Somebody say, go into every world. Oh, come on. Let's do a little better than that. Everybody say, go into every world. I know you guys are just caught up in the message, but you'll catch up with me. So, so, so. What does this have to do then with this mission field that I'm talking about that I really feel God's calling us to? Uh, it's, it's, it's something that I really feel a strong assignment from the Lord for us to grow into. Now, this mission field is not just for us. I believe it's something that every church needs to lean into and engage with. Furthermore, I believe that... Uh, you know, there, there's going to be amazing opportunities and there's just going to be amazing open doors. But I feel like God is saying to us at Toronto City Church, there is a special grace that I want to give you. And there's a special assignment I want to give you to put time, effort, resources, everything you can into going to this mission field. Or if I'll say going to this world. What world am I talking about? Well, over the last 20 years, last 20 to 25 years, there is a new world that has emerged. It was not there before, but it has emerged. It has come available to us. And as I said, I believe every church should be working to reach this world. I believe every Christian should be working to reach people in this world. But I believe there's a very strong call on our church to reach this world. What world am I referring to? 
The world I'm referring to is what I would call the online world or the digital world. And that God is wanting to give us as a church an assignment to put time, resources, effort, ability into reaching people in the digital or in the online space. Now let me give you just a very brief history of what we'll call of the internet. For many people, January 1st, 1983 is considered the official birthday of the internet. Although if you study historically, there was a lot of things that were coming in the 60s, but it was on January 1st, 1983 that many people believe there was some things that were brought together and connected and the internet was born. In 1989, the phrase World Wide Web was proposed. That's where we got WWW from. Now I'm going to do a little journey here and some of you will start realizing, oh, I remember that, you know, as we get further along of that. So in 1989, the World Wide Web was proposed. In 1991, the first web page was created. In 1995, many people consider it the year that the internet became commercialized because technology was developed to create safe transactions. So safe financial transactions. Anyone here remember being terrified about doing anything with money on the internet? You remember that? You're like, it's just going to disappear. What's happening? This is so, now we're just like, oh, hit the button, send it, do this, do that. Right? You guys remember that? Also in 1995, two companies you may have heard of started. One was Amazon. Anyone heard of Amazon? Right? Amazon. The other one was called Echo Bay. This is really Echo Bay. Well, they very quickly changed their name to eBay. So that was 1995. In 1996, the first web-based email was started, and they called it Hotmail. And, uh, and that's in 1996. I think ultimately it was bought out by Microsoft. Uh, but they capitalized the HTML in the Hotmail for HTML. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. 1997, there's, there's this company that got this crazy idea that we should send people DVDs through the mail. And we'll send them DVDs through the mail and they can send them back to us. They were called Netflix. I don't know if any of you remember Netflix in those days. I remember hearing about this company where they'd mail you DVDs and back. I thought, this does not sound like a good idea. I was just nervous something was going to happen to the DVD. Little did I know. I wish I bought stock. All right, in 1988, or excuse me, 1998, another company started you might have heard of. It was named Google. So that's 98. In 2003, there was this whole new thing started that was social media. And so the first big social media site was MySpace. How many people here had MySpace profiles? All right, we got some MySpace profiles. I remember having my MySpace profile. It was either MySpace or Black Planet. And at Black Planet, me, I was like, I don't know about Black Planet. But MySpace was there. And so you had, you had social media started to happen. And you guys remember MySpace profiles. Then it moved forward. And in 2004, there, a new social media site started called The Facebook. The Facebook. That's what it's called. The Facebook. And it was targeting college students so they could connect with each other. I'll never forget because I remember being in a service and one of our young guys came in. I was pretty young then too, but he was younger than me. He was pretty technical. He said, oh, pastor, get off of MySpace. He said, there's this new thing coming called the Facebook. And you know what I I remember thinking? That's a really dumb name. I thought, like, who comes up with the name The Facebook? Like, what kind of name is that? And I was already like, I don't know about this Facebook thing. Once again, I wish I bought stock. So The Facebook. 2005, another new company started called YouTube. 2006, Twitter started. By 2010, Facebook reached 400 million active users. And in 2010, two more companies you may have heard started called Instagram and Pinterest. I mean, isn't it amazing? Some of these things that have literally transformed the world started within the last decade, 10 to 12 years. 
By 2018, there were an estimated 7 billion internet-enabled devices on the planet. By January 2021, by January 2021, they estimated that there are 4.66 billion people connected to the internet by 2021. And 2022, things are continuing to grow exponentially. There's actually a stat, I pulled a little further here, but a 2019 article from Cybercrime estimated by 2030, there'll be more than 7.5 billion internet users, 90% of the projected population of the world, six years age and older. And for 22, the momentum is continuing to build. Things are growing exponentially. A new technology, um, Starlink and uh, Musk, and he's putting satellites around. So there's literally going to be high-speed internet available to anybody anywhere on the planet as long as they have a proper receiver. And we also are seeing more and more of Web 3.0 and virtual worlds starting to emerge. And so, family, we're literally we're on the edge of uh, we're on the edge of of truly uncharted territory. Now, if you do some study of history and you look at history, uh, there are times and places where there's new technology that's invented and it literally changes the world. A good example of this would be in the 14, late 1400s when the printing press was invented. Up until that point, the only way that you could get a book and copy it for somebody else was to hand write it out. And so as you can imagine, you did not get mass production of books. Things were not put out in masses. I mean, that's why monasteries and kind of the whole Christian movement was actually so important throughout what they would call the Dark Ages because they literally would uh, guard and, and copy the deal. So if you want to give somebody a Bible, you'd literally have to write it out for them. That's how it worked before the printing press. When the printing press came, you could very quickly duplicate books and all of a sudden information starts. Right? It literally changed the world. It transformed, it changed the world. Even the revolution, uh, excuse me, the, uh, uh, the reformation of Christianity happened in many ways because all of a sudden now the Bible could get in the hands of everyday people and it couldn't be stopped. And people started saying, wait a minute, it totally changed the world. Another transformative time was the Industrial Revolution. And that was in the 1800s where up to that point the majority of goods and services were made by hand. And so obviously that would be very slow, the craftsmanship, depending on the area. But they started now this whole revolution of factories and, and, and assembly lines and how to build things. And it literally, again, transformed the world. It changed the way people worked. It changed the way finances were distributed. It changed where people lived because people began to move from being spread out throughout the countryside in agrarian society to starting to move into city centers. And you know, it's interesting, particularly with the Industrial Revolution, it created some major problems. It created new tensions. It created the, the, the overworking of people, child labor. There was so many issues. And so one of the things we need to understand is whenever a new technology emerges, there are problems. There are challenges. But as the church, we've got to learn to see the opportunities. So there's many other things we can move forward for, but let's jump to the time we're in now where we're talking about the technological revolution. And I would fair, bear to say this is an even more drastic revolution than the printing press. It's an even more drastic revolution than the industrial revolution. It's interesting. People in those times, they probably didn't even realize we're living in the middle of a time that's completely changing the world. But we are living in a time right now, and not as it changed the world, but it's changing at an incredibly fast pace. Even with these other revolutions, it took time. But because now of the connectivity, because of technology, because of the way things are happening, it is moving at an exponential pace or an exponential rate. Uh, people have talked about as well, there's uh, some different phases of what's happening on the internet. What they call is Web 1.0 was very much where it was just about information. So I get my website up, you know, even I remember when we did church websites kind of in the early days and you'd put as much information as possible and you have all these like 50 links you can go to and all these details and you just pack it with stuff. 
Uh, but then it moved into Web 2.0, which was much more focused on interaction, social media, creating, dialoguing with one another. But now we're on the edge of what they're calling Web 3.0, which is there's a number of different factors, but it's literally about creating virtual worlds that people live in. And so guys, we are very close right now. Some of you would be up to speed on these things, but we're very close. Like even the shift that Facebook recently made and uh, talk about the metaverse, where we're very close to the point where you can put on some virtual glasses and you can literally step into a virtual world. And even now, you can live in that virtual world, you can order your food in that virtual world, you can own virtual property. Do you know that people are now spending millions of dollars for virtual property in the metaverse? There's all these things that are happening. And so I'm not here to just talk about technology, but what I wanna do is there's this whole world that is coming with us and what we need to do and I believe what God wants us to do is say what are the opportunities to go into this world and to preach the gospel what are the opportunities to go into this world and to make an impact and a difference you know one of the mistakes that we often make as a church and I say this with love because I'm talking even about myself is we very quickly when there's changes we see the negative effects we tend to preach against the negative effects and we kind of like you know back up you know just like so for example when tv came out there was a lot of people oh it's wicked it's terrible they call it the one-eyed demon you know it's just with that but then there were some people look they said man we can reach a lot more people if we just use this but sadly in the church we've often been behind the curve but i believe what god wants to do and even though the last two years have been very difficult one of the things it's done it did it for us so for a lot of churches was it accelerated churches in being able to engage online but we've got to understand, yes, in the online world right now, there's a lot of wickedness, there's a lot of darkness, there's a lot of, but that's where the gospel is supposed to go, right? We're not supposed to hide out where it's easy and where it's safe. We are supposed to take the light of Jesus, to take the good news of God, and we are supposed to go into every world with the gospel. And I believe that for years, even if you look at the disciples and the apostles and the way they went throughout the world, even if you look at the missions movement in the 1800s where so many young men and women said, we're going to give our lives to go to this part of the world. We may die. We may never come back, but we're going to take the gospel. Today, there's a frontier that we have an opportunity to go into, but you don't even have to get in a car. You don't have to get on a plane. All you have to do is get on your computer or get on your phone with some anointing and some strategy, but you can literally impact the world world from right where you are but see it's why what, will we have this heart to not just see the bad but to look for the opportunity to look for that and I let me bring this home will we as a church say God give us wisdom give us strategy give us resources give us opportunities to go into these worlds and to make a difference yeah, I know maybe there were some people when they saw how we're doing legacy, they're like, oh man, we're spending money, you know, 25000 on this and a website. And do we really need another website? Do we? Yes, we do. You know why? Because things change so quickly. And we're already touching so many people online. So we want to stay cutting edge in this area to help us get to more people. This is why this matters. And this is why it's important. Jesus' command was that we would go into every world and preach the gospel. And family, I believe for us at Toronto City Church, part of what God's saying to us is he's saying, will you take the call to go into the online world strategically, focused, investing, pushing in? And I believe that means there's things that we will do corporately as a church, but I also believe there's many of you listening to me right now. There's some of you online listening to me, and God's just going to start dropping in your heart where you say, wait, I'm, I'm going to be a digital missionary. I'm going to be someone who uses online opportunities to reach people with the good news of Jesus, whether it's through social 
social media, whether it's through ideas, but God wants us to do it individually. God wants us to do it corporately. Come on, somebody say, go into the online world. Now, let me give you some examples of what this could look like. I don't know if some of you will remember, but several summers ago, before COVID kind of wiped a couple years out for us, we had a gentleman preach here on a Sunday from this pulpit named James Kelly. And he was the founder of an organization called Faith Tech. And what Faith Tech does is they get into the creative and to the digital online space. They started in Kitchener-Waterloo, which has the highest amount of tech startups in the world outside of Silicon Valley. At least they did. I'm not sure if it's still what the stats are as of today, but I know that's where it was. So James was in that area, and he wasn't really a techie guy at all, but he just had a heart to advance the kingdom. So one day, a guy from his church said, can we talk? I'm just having such a hard time connecting in church. I don't know what God wants with my life. So they go for coffee. And James says, so talk to me. What you, the guy's like, oh, I just want to serve God. He's like, I want to do things for God, but I just, I don't know what to do. He goes, I hate public speaking. He said, I'd rather be in a casket than give a eulogy. He's like, I just, I don't like speaking publicly. He's like, I don't want to sing. He's like, I, I, I don't play any instruments. So I'm talking to my pastor. I'm saying, what can I do for the kingdom of God? He's like, well, the pastor said I could do PowerPoint. He's like, but I just feel like there's more. So James says, well, that's interesting. Never get a chance. James tells the story beautifully. And James said, so I said to him, well, what do you do? Like, what do you do work-wise? And he said, the guy looked at me and said, well, I'm one of the co-inventors of BlackBerry Messenger. And so, so, so James kind of sitting there. He's thinking, okay, we got a guy here who invented a technology that literally impacted the world. I mean, BlackBerry, rest in peace now. But you know, this BlackBerry Messenger was big for a while. That's why, that's why you got to stay cutting edge, guys, right? That's right, you know, with that. And, and the best thing the pastor, and the pastor was very well-meaning, but the best thing the pastor could offer him to serve in the kingdom was do PowerPoint. So James looked at him and he said, hey, okay, let me ask you a question. He said, could you develop an online networking system that could connect missionaries around the world so they could share resources and pass resources to one another and, 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 and make this distribution of resources and really bring connection. And he said, the guy looked up into the sky. And he said, he looked up for like a minute. James said, got really awkward because we're in the whole restaurant, you know, sitting in the patio and the guy's just looking up. James like, something up there? And he said, and the guy looked back at him and said, yeah, I can do that. And the light bulb just suddenly clicked on for James and said, here we got this believer with this ability to create something that literally can advance the kingdom and the best thing we can offer to him is PowerPoint. So this started James on this whole journey of with faith tech of how do we take people in tech and help them marry their skills with their faith to advance the kingdom of God. And so, so there's this whole, I just want to give you some ideas to start to spark for you. So, so one of the things that James talks about too at faith tech is they do what they call hackathons. Now, James says, don't worry, we're not hacking the CIA or anything. He said, hackathons, you just get a bunch of people with computers for a weekend, and you just get together and you solve problems. So he said, so we started doing hackathons. We started getting pastors and Christian leaders together with tech people and saying, what problems can we solve? Pastors, what's the problem? How can we create technology to solve this? So he shared an example of one of their hackathons, and this was about four or five years ago now, where they had a pastor, a counselor, a couple tech people together, and they started going around the issue of suicide. So they started doing some research, and they said they found that over 6,000 people a year in Canada Googled, how do I kill myself? And they said at that point, now thankfully it changed because I did some checking yesterday, they said at that point when you Googled, how do I kill myself, the first website that came up was 10 easy ways to kill yourself. And then there were several videos that showed up that showed you how to kill yourself. And so they got together. They said, we got to do something about this. 
So what they did was they went out and bought howtokillmyself.com. And then when people click on it, what comes up is the phrase comes up in the screen and says, don't do it, there's hope. And then it tracks where they are in the world and it connects them to a local crisis hotline so they can call this number for help. Now, see, here's the thing with Google, guys. Google, we, we said it this way, and I always remember James first said this. The questions we used to ask our parents, 90% of them were now asking Google. Right? Like, I think for my son. My son's starting to get, you know, the mustache in. And when he wants to know how to shave, for years, he would have come to Dad and said, Dad, how do I shave? I said, well, I'm not so good on the face, but I can teach you the head. <laughs> right? But what's he going to do now? He's just going to Google it. It's the place where people are asking questions. The questions that people used to go to a trusted counselor, a parent, a pastor, or a priest to ask, they're now going online. So who is answering those questions? And should we not, as the church of Jesus Christ, be trying to get ourselves into that space so that we can help answer the questions that people are asking? Because it's there. The opportunity is there. It's just someone who has the faith and the courage to say, okay, let's get in here. Let's be strategic and let's create opportunities to reach people. Can I give you guys another example? How many people have heard of the Bible app? Yes. How many of you have the Bible app on your phone? Yes. Did you know the Bible app was started by a church? It was started by Life Church, Craig Rochelle, with Bobby Grunwald, who was part of their chief, they call him their chief technology officer. And one of the things I've appreciated about that church is they've been very cutting edge in saying, how can we use technology to serve the body of Christ? And they, they make it, and then they share it freely. They never charge for it. So they were trying to figure out, how do we get people to read the Bible more in our church? And they were trying a website, and it just wasn't working. So one day, Bobby said he got the idea, maybe we should try an app. So he creates this Bible app. Well, the Bible app was, it was founded by these guys. In November 2021, they reached 500 million downloads. They have 2,748 versions in 1,843 total languages. And it's offered for free around the world. See, a lot of people go into the online world looking to make money. God is looking for people who go into the online world looking to spread the gospel and watch what he's going to do when we do that. Right? So why couldn't we one day as a church create some kind of app that impacts tons of people? Why not? Why can't we dream for these things? So let me give you some examples of how can we engage in this as a church. Now, obviously, we're live streaming our services. We already have had people tune in from different places of the world to join us. We can look at things like an e-campus of our church. There's things like that. That's pretty common. But I want to stretch a little further. What if we had a full-time evangelist or full-time evangelist who spent hours each week connecting with and sharing Jesus with people online? What if we literally had a team here? Now, some of you guys, do you realize that even you go to Parkview Hills, just south of us, you can get to people easier through their phones than you can by knocking on their doors. You know why? Because I don't bet you, I don't like people knocking on my doors trying to sell me things, right? But I'll pick up my phone very regularly and there's a video, I might check it, I might click it, I might check it out, right? What if we had people who were coming? What if they helped develop strategies for our church to connect with people and reach people online? What if we had a department or a team that their job was creating evangelistic videos that we could put out and see if we could get going viral and reaching people with the gospel? What if we had a department or team that worked on creating apps for outreach and for discipleship? Right? It completely changes the way you function because usually we kind of saw the online is just a secondary thing. But what if we said, no, we actually want to build to, yes, we're not going to give up on the in-person experience, but we also want to take and build for we can reach online. 
What if we help create specific discipleship resources for different age groups or demographics? We take people who are real great and creative and say, okay, let's create online content for kids. Let's create online content for youth. We've got a studio. We've got the cameras. We've got the things. Now we're going to start raising up the next generation, build the town, but we're creating content to reach people with the gospel. What if we are able to connect with different churches in different areas around the world through the entry to support them? Oh, I forgot to mention that. Remember I mentioned Bobby Grunwald who started the Bible app? Pastor Sharon had an opportunity to be in a meeting that he was in back in October. And someone asked him, he said, what is the kind of technological edge you're really excited about right now? He said, oh, that's easy. He said, I am so excited right now about Starlink. Now, Starlink is what Elon Musk is creating, where he's creating satellites around the world, and it's literally going to bring high-speed internet to anybody anywhere on the planet as long as you have a receiver. He said, so I, we're already thinking, if we can get high-speed internet to anybody around the world, he said, I can see churches. He said, and the receiver, he said, it's about this big, because he's like, I already got one. He's like, I'm one of their testers. But he said, you know how these things go. It's going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And he said, what if you could say to a church for $100, you could put a receiver into some church wherever. And the, suddenly it could become, a, it could become a serve its community because it presents high-speed internet for everybody in that community. It serves people. Then you can start you know, connecting with them virtually, bringing teaching, bringing tra- training, bringing resources, bringing opportunities to help the community. He's like, this is going to completely change the way we do ministry if we catch a hold of it. Right, but here's the key, guys. Will we have the vision and will we have the faith and will we have the heart to catch a hold of these things? The Holy Spirit, there's ideas that no one has thought of yet. And a lot of people are looking to make money, but what if there's men and women of God who just say, God, give me ideas to advance the gospel. Give me ideas to help reach people with your love. Give me ideas. And the Holy Spirit who's been poured out starts to fill us with ideas and concepts and insights that completely changes things. I think this could be a game changer. It could be a game changer. What if we had, uh, well, let's just say, who's, I gotta bring this to a land. Who's thinking about what's happening with AI and how we can leverage AI for the kingdom of God? Who's thinking about Bitcoin and blockchain and, and cryptocurrency and how can we leverage this for the kingdom of God? Who's thinking about virtual reality and how we can get into this space with the good news of Jesus Christ? Last one, who's thinking about hologram technology, how this is gonna impact ministry? You know, there's technology now where it costs a lot of money still, but you literally, I could be preaching on this stage, they could have a hologram booth set up halfway around the world and it would look to everybody like I was there in person. Think about the opportunities for ministry that can happen. But it takes people with vision and faith and people are willing to make the investment to get ahead of the game to get there. Come on, somebody say go into every world. Come on, somebody say go into the online world. Family, in closing, because I need to bring this close, we have an opportunity in front of us to bring impact for the gospel that no generation in history has had. And I believe with all my heart, if the Apostle Paul had this opportunity, he would have been leveraging it with everything he had. If the many of the great men and women of faith throughout history had this opportunity, they would use it for everything they had to get the gospel to all the world, get the gospel to every person, get the gospel into every world. And I believe that if we would just open our hearts up to God and say, God, we're willing to do it. We don't necessarily have the finances yet. Maybe we don't even have the expertise, but you show me how to do it 
And I want to be an instrument that you use in this world to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And I believe if we'll take this up as a church, I believe we are going to see incredible things happen over the next number of years. And I believe we'll be in a position to help many other churches because we can share our breakthroughs with other churches as well. Amen. How many people would be with me on something like this? So I know this is a very practical, folks, but I want to bring this down to close. It comes back to the Holy Spirit. It comes back to legacy. So what do we do? Well, number one, we pray. Because I don't know. You say, what are we going to do, Pastor? I don't know yet. That's the point. I'm saying there's opportunities. We need to seek God, but we need to be ready to go through these open doors. So we pray. Number two, we are faithful with what we have. So we're faithful. Okay, we're doing an online broadcast. We want to do it with excellence. We want to do the best way. Okay, we have an opportunity to upgrade our website and to bring it really up to 2022 technology and cutting edge. We want to invest in those kind of things. Why? Because we're being faithful with what we have. Faithful with little. What does God say? He's going to make us rulers over much. Furthermore, we want to keep stretching and growing. If I would show you how far we've come in the last two years, all I'd have to do is pull up our first online service that we did. It was awful. It was me and my iPad in my living room going, hey, church family, it's me. It was so bad. It was so embarrassing. I hope we bury the tapes forever. <laughs> but you know what? We had to start there. And all I said to the team, I remember, because you guys remember, it was kind of crazy. Where I just said, let's just get a little better every week. And so we just started to improve. What we're, we were faithful with what we had, and then we stretched, and we grew, and we grew. I believe this is the journey that God has caused. And then last but not least, we need to invest. We need to be willing to invest, to give, to sow into things like this. And guys, I'll be straight. Well, we're going we're gonna to sow big and we're going to invest big. And there's going to be opportunities years to come and God's going to open doors. But it's this heart where we're saying, hey, we're about the gospel and we're about reaching as many people as possible. Amen? So how many people are with me on this? You're saying, hey, I want to have a heart for this. I want a heart for God's. So I want to pray this over. So if we all want to stand to our feet, let's stand to our feet today. And what I want to ask is this is the heart of legacy this year. This is the heart of really doing that. It's yes, we're taking care of some physical things, but really this is the heart of starting to lean into this space. And so I just want to invite you again, just let God speak to you, but let's sow. Let's invest into where God has taken us because I think we're on the edge of some big things. So I want to pray over us here. I want to pray over each one. And I'm going to pray that God is just going to release wisdom and God is going to release ideas. And I believe many of you are going to receive even a fresh calling from God today because you know right where you are doing the job you're doing, you can start reaching people through this space. You can make an impact. Some of you already have social media influence and God's opened doors for you already and God wants to show you even more and give you even more. And so Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you just as we're bringing things to a close. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name for your wisdom, for creative ideas. God, for that anointing to create, that anointing for innovation. God, I thank you for the anointing of innovation to rest on us. And God, I pray that we, our hearts would just be stirred today in a fresh way for the gospel. Our hearts would be stirred to go into all the world, to every person, into every world. And Father, even as we talked about today, to go into the online world. And so we readily acknowledge, Lord, we know little right now. We know a little bit. We know some. But there's so much more. But you will lead us. You will guide us. And you will teach us. And so we just speak this and we thank you for this over every single person.
God, just do this work in us. I pray for fresh vision. I thank you that there's many people even sitting under the sound of my voice. Some of the people are tuning in online right now that you're gonna just start to drop ideas. You're gonna drop fresh vision. Some of them maybe, some, a fire is gonna light in their heart where they're gonna realize, man, I can do this. This is part of my calling to make an impact in this world in this way. And so Lord, we thank you for this in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for legacy offering this year. And God, whether people have already given whether people will give now, whether people will give when they go home. Father, I thank you that we are sowing into this. We're not just going to get excited about it, but we want to sow into it. And we thank you for all that you're doing in the name of Jesus. And everyone agreed, said, amen. amen. So here's what I want to ask as you go. You got the card. If you're giving something, again, there is, you can give online. You can give debit or credit out in the terminal if you have questions. You can give cash or check. There's lots of ways to give. But if you wouldn't mind filling this out, I mean, Pastor Sharon and I are going to be making a pledge this year that we're going to be fulfilling over the summer. But if you want to write out what you're going to do, just because we're going to keep record of it, and write out your prayer requests, write out what you're believing for as you give, because we want to pray with you and agree with you on that. So there's this. There's an online version that I'm going to send out via email. But an usher will be at the door with a basket. If you just want to drop it in the basket as you go, then that would, be, uh, that would be really great and really helpful. So that's it. We're done for today. So Father, we just thank you for this day. We pray blessing over every person here. Thank you for all that you're doing in our church. Thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, Father. Thank you for your work in us and through us. Thank you for a great legacy offering. But thank you as well for vision and innovation to make an impact in the online world. In Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said. And can we do this? Can we just close together with the Lord's Prayer today? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Oh, come on. Let's just give God a hand today as we finish up. Have a wonderful Sunday. Have a great week. And uh, remember, if you want to get baptized next week, we got baptisms happening. So it's going to be a fun Sunday. God bless you. Let's do this, family.